It's April 29th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am glad that you decided to join me back here for another day as we continue to read through the one-year Bible plan together in the New Living Translation. I hope you're having a good day, friends. I am. Uh, right before I recorded this podcast, just got back from a long walk with my doggo and um, just really feeling good. You know, um, beautiful day outside and seems like everything is uh, is up and to the right. Got a lot of joy in my heart about a lot of different things and just a, a good season of life. And I, I pray and hope the, the same is for you you. But regardless, it's there in the good times and it's there in the bad times. There is the Word of God. It is what draws near to the brokenhearted. It is what rejoices with those who are rejoicing. And I am excited to jump in today to our Old Testament reading of Judges chapter 9 verse 22 through chapter 10 verse 18. After Amalek had ruled over Israel for three years, God sent a spirit that stirred up trouble between Amalbek and the leading citizens of Shechem, and they revolted. God was punishing Amalbek for murdering Gideon's 70 sons and citizens of Shechem for supporting him in this treachery of murdering his brothers. So let's pause already. Um, as we see here, God sent a spirit that was stirring up trouble. It's interesting um, because not all of our problems are easily seen with the eye. There, there is a spiritual realm uh, that we often can um, just completely ignore. Now, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said the greatest, the two greatest threats uh, when it comes to the spiritual world are, number one, to idolize it and spend all your time focusing on it. And we know people like that, right? You know, they, they miss out on a parking spot and the devil did it. You know, the devil's just doing everything. And you're like, nah, you're just kind of stupid sometimes. Um, that's that's a huge threat. Maybe you're struggling with that. But then the other side of that, and honestly the side I find myself on just with the way my critical mind works, um, and, and that is to believe that there is no spirit side, that it's all explainable. And it's just simply not true. That there there is, the Apostle Paul would say, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in the spiritual realm. So uh, interesting to see here in Judges that there... Um, is a spirit sent by God, a spirit that is causing some problems for the people. So how do we fight in the spirit realm? Well, we pray. We, uh, we re- remember that Jesus, when he died on the cross, the gospel is, yes, that he has forgiven us of our sins, invited us into his kingdom, um, but he's given us his Holy Spirit. And what we find out in the gospel message is that when he rose again, he defeated he took back the keys to the kingdom, if you will, uh, and God gave him authority over all spiritual principles. So Jesus is in control. There's no nothing to be afraid of in the spirit realm if you are a Christ follower and you trust in Jesus. Jesus uh, is more powerful, stronger than any spirit. In fact, every time we read in the New Testament, Jesus comes into contact with a demon. The demons don't try to fight Jesus. They're terrified of Jesus, and they beg Jesus to leave them alone. So, Interesting. If, you, if, if you're going through something, it might not just be flesh, so you might ought to pray. Uh, we are in a spiritual battle just as much as we are in a battle, in fact, more so than we are in a battle with uh, blood and flesh. Now, verse 24, continuing on. God was punishing Amalbek for 
murdering Gideon's 70 sons and the citizens of Shechem for supporting him in this treachery of murdering his brothers. The citizens of Shechem set an ambush for Amalbek on the hilltops and robbed everyone who passed that way. But someone warned Amalbek about their plot. One day, Gael, son of Ebed, moved to Shechem with his brothers and gained the confidence of the leading citizens of Shechem. During the annual harvest festival at Shechem, held in the temple of the local god, the wine flowed freely, and everyone began cursing Amalbek. <laughs> wine is uh, has always been, I guess, a uh, a tool to get honesty. It's like a truth serum. <laughs> that's that's funny. I love the book of Judges. It's reading just every day has something delightful in it, doesn't it? Verse 28. Who is Amalbek? Gael shouted. He is not a true son of Shechem, so why should we be his servants? He's merely the son of Gideon. And this is Zebul, is merely his deputy. Serve the true sons of Hamer, the founder of Shechem. Why should we serve Amalbek? If I were in charge here, I would get rid of Amalbek. I would say to him, get some soldiers and come out and fight. But when Zebul, the leader of the city, heard what Gael was saying, he was furious. He sent messengers to Amalbek in Armura, telling him, Gael, son of Ebed, and his brothers have to come to live in Shechem. And now they are inciting the city to rebel against you. Come by night with an army and hide out in the fields. In the morning, as soon as it is daylight, attack the city. When Gael and those who are with him come out against you, you can do with them as you wish. So Amalbek and all his men went out by night and split into four groups, stationing themselves around Shechem. Gael was standing at the city gates when Amalbek and his army came out of hiding. When Gael saw them, he said to Zebul, Look, there are people coming down from the hilltops. Zebul replied, It's just the shadows on the hills that look like men. But again, Gael said, No, people are coming down from the hills, and another group is coming down the road past the diviner's oak. Then Zebul turned on him and asked, Now where is that big mouth of yours? Wasn't it you that said who is Amalbek, and why should we be his servants? The men who you mocked are right outside the city. Go out and fight them. In other words, you could say some big, bold things when you were drinking wine. You said, you know, hey, if they were here, I'd fight them right now. Well, they're here, buddy, so let's see if your your walk can match your talk. Verse 39. So Gael led the leading citizens of Shechem into battle against Amalbek, but Amalbek chased him, and many of Shechem's men were wounded and fell along the road as they retreated to the city gate. Amalbek returned to Aramum and Zebulah, drove Gael and his brothers out of Shechem. The next day, the people of Shechem went out into the fields to battle. When Amalbek heard about it, he divided his men into three groups and set an ambush in the fields. When Amalbek saw the people coming out of the city, he and his men jumped up from their hiding places and attacked them. Amalbek and his group stormed the city gate to keep the men of Shechem from getting back in, while Amalbek's other two groups cut them down in the fields. The battle went on all day before Amalbek finally captured the city. He killed the people, leveled the city, and scattered salt all over the ground. When the leading citizens who lived in the tower of Shechem heard what had happened, they ran and hid in the temple of Baal Bareth. Some people reported to Amalbek that the citizens had gathered in the temple, so he led his forces to Mount Zalem. He took an axe and chopped some branches from a tree, then put them on his shoulder. Quick, do as I have done, he told his men. So each of them cut down some branches, following Amalbek's example. They piled the branches against the walls of the temple and set them on fire. So all the people who had lived in the tower of Shechem died, 
about 1,000 men and women. Then Amalbek attacked the town of Thebes and captured it. But there was a strong tower inside the town, and all the men and women, the entire population, fled to it. They barricaded themselves in, climbed up to the roof of the tower. Amalbek followed them to attack the tower. But as he prepared to set fire to the entrance, a woman on the roof dropped a millstone that landed on Amalbek's head and crushed his skull. He quickly said to his young armor-bearer, Draw your sword and kill me. Don't let it be said that a woman killed Amalbek. So the young man ran through him with his sword, and he died. When Amalbek's men saw that he was dead, they disbanded and returned to their homes. In this way, God punished Amalbek for the evil he had done against his father by murdering his 70 brothers. God also punished the men of Shechem for all their evil. So the curse of Jotham, son of Gideon, was fulfilled. Chapter 10, verse 1. After Amalbek died, Tola, son of Pua, son of Dodo. Mm. When your parents' name are Pua and Dodo, you are not destined for greatness, my friends. That is, that is interesting. Continuing on with verse 1. Was the next person to rescue Israel. He was from the tribe of Issachar, but lived in the town of Shamir in the hill country of Ephraim. He judged Israel for 23 years. When he died, he was buried in Shamir. After Tola died, Jair from Gilead judged Israel for 22 years. His 30 sons rode around on 30 donkeys, and they owned 30 towns in the land of Gilead, which are still called the towns of Jair. When Jair died, he was buried in Canaan. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They served the images of Baal and Asheroth and the gods of Armon, Sidion, Moab, Amnon, and Philistia. They abandoned the Lord and no longer served him at all. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel, and he turned them over to the Philistines and the Ammonites, who began to oppress them that year. For 18 years they oppressed all the Israelites east of the Jordan River in the land of the Amorites, that is, in Gilead. The Amorites also crossed to the west side of the Jordan and attacked Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. The Israelites were in great distress. Finally, they cried out to the Lord for help, saying, We have sinned against you because we have abandoned you as our God and have served the images of Baal. The Lord replied, Did I not rescue you from the Egyptians, the Amorites, the Amoronites, the Philistines, the Sidians, the Amicalonites, and the Maonites? When they oppressed you, you cried out to me for help, and I rescued you, yet you have abandoned me and served other gods. So I will not rescue you any more. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them rescue you in your hour of distress. But the Israelites pleaded with the Lord and said, We have sinned. Punish us as you see fit. Only rescue us today from our enemies. Then the Israelites put aside their foreign gods and served the Lord, and he was grieved by their misery. At that time, the armies of Amnon had gathered for war and were camped in Gilead, and the people of Israel assembled and camped at Mizpah. The leaders of Gilead said to each other, Whoever attacks the Ammonites first will become ruler over all the people of Gilead. And this, my friends, concludes the Old Testament reading for today. Moving on to our New Testament reading, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 53. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. That same day being, this is the day Jesus uh, rose from the dead. Uh, Again, I've been trying to stay out of the way as we come to the end of the gospel, just because I believe such a powerful story that I don't want my commentary to even interact. But I do want to keep you up to date kind of what's going on so you can follow along with the story 
Jesus has uh, risen again. That That's the, the day that this is speaking of. Anyways, jumping back in. Verse 13, let's start over. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these great things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you two discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleophas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it, and then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are my witness of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting up his hands to heaven, 
he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them, and he was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him, and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple, praising God. And that concludes our New Testament reading and the Gospel of Luke. Let me know what you thought uh, of this Gospel according to Luke. Um, Beautiful, beautiful book. And I hope that it built your faith as it built mine. Now we'll move on to our proverb of the day. Proverbs 14, 11 through 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Oof. Verse 12 is one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 12. Good reminder that just because a path feels right doesn't mean it is right. Let's read that one more time together. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Finally, Psalm of the day. It is the 100th Psalm. And it says this. This is a Psalm of Thanksgiving. And as always, we will pray through this Psalm together. Pause me uh, as you feel led or go back and read it. It's just uh, five verses, short Psalm today. Let's jump in. And, and again, I don't know why the one-year Bible divides the Psalms the way that they do. It's strange to me that we only have five verses today. And the last few days we've been reading multiple Psalms, but it is what it is. A Psalm of Thanksgiving, verse 1. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Yes, Lord, let us be people who are overwhelmed with joy because of who you are and what you've done. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Oh, yes, Lord, let us not forget that. That we are your people. Lord, we are not... Um, People who use you for our own benefit, but Lord, you are God. You are worthy to be praised, and for no other reason than that, Lord, we love you and we praise you. We are your people. We bow down at your throne. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Yes, Lord. You are good, and we are grateful for your faithfulness, especially as expressed through Jesus Christ, who has defeated sin for us and uh, given us his righteousness, purified us by his blood so that we might live in your kingdom. God, we love you, and we praise you. Amen. Thank you, my friends, for joining me for today's reading. We are getting really close to the end of April, and uh, I am enjoying our time uh, in the book of Judges as well as today finishing up the Gospel of Luke. Really sweet time for me. Hope it was for you as well. Let me know uh, what your thoughts were on today's reading, because this is a podcast in which we hope to involve the community. I want to hear your thoughts. That's why we're calling this podcast the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. See you tomorrow.